Good evening, guys. Just give it a second to catch up as usual, as we do. We are live. Get that shared. There we go. Good evening, guys. Um, we're on live and on Drug Series 3, episode 10. Um, and we're having a catch up with um, Julie Major about the um, Mark Osborne case. Uh, oh, mate, how are you getting on? Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Yeah, we're doing really good. Um, Mark firstly told me to say thank you for everything you've done for us from day one. You're very well. appreciates what you've done for him. You're very welcome. Um, do you want to give us a quick recap for those that, about the case for those that might not have seen it and are tuning in for the first time? Okay, yes. So Mark was convicted in 2009 for murder um, under joint enterprise. Um, even though he was in jail at the time. Uh, the only evidence against him was his cellmate, who had 13 aliases, nine different dates of birth, and was facing um, deportation to Somalia, which incidentally got stopped because he helped the police. He changed his story three times. The first time he went to a prison officer, he said that he'd heard Mark and his brother on the phone arranging it. When they looked into all the set, uh, phone records, and it was obviously a lie that got dropped. The police never mentioned it again. He never mentioned it again. He then just said Mark <clears throat> knew someone that had committed a murder. He originally said he spoke to the gunman on the phone. He then changed it to saying he overheard Mark talking to the gunman on the phone. And the gunman had said, I stuck telling him. Evidently, that makes Mark have some knowledge of the crime. Right. Um, he... he uh, the, the other evidence, um, Mark made a seven-minute phone call at 10 p.m. the night before the murder. They say in this phone call he allegedly arranged the murder. However, the two co-defendants had already tried to get the victim to the murder scene at six or seven that evening, so three hours before Mark's call. And had they got him there three hours before that and and and, and the murder had taken place, Mark had no contact with his two codes for a month. The first contact he had was that 10 p.m. call. So if it had happened earlier that evening, Mark could not and would not, they couldn't have said he was involved. There's no way. We have call logs to prove this. Anything I tell you, I've got proof, you know, paperwork proof. Um, so we have raised this with the CCRC. Um, the third bit of evidence was them supposedly saying when they shot the man, uh, that's from Mark, not so clever now. So the, the difficulty with that is, one, the girlfriend was in shock. She was in the car with the car doors closed. And the victim's name was also Mark. So they could have said, that's for you, Mark. Right. So the, the, the two codes were in touch with each other well before the crime took place. Mark had no knowledge they was in contact with each other. So as I say, he had no contact with either of the co-defendants for at least a month prior to that one seven-minute call. So he could not have known they was in touch. He could not have known what they was discussing. So, um, you know, he, he is, in effect, innocent, really. There's, there's, I don't know how they convicted him. 
on what they had. It, it's ridiculous. We have got a case with the CCRC now. I can't talk about the new evidence, but I can tell you a bit about the battles we've had with both the, the CPS and the CCRC. So firstly, I did a subject access request with the CPS nearly two years ago, asking for um, a disclosure of Mark's paperwork, etc. They came back to me with very little amount. Um, it was basically call logs blacked out. And they said, we're really sorry, but we've lost Mark's file. So I wrote back to them and said, you know, what do you mean you've lost his file? What's in that file? Could it affect, you know, his you know, future CCRC applications? Um, and they said it was just silly stuff. Try to brush me off. So I took it higher up. I took it to the independence claims people. I then... Um, and still didn't get any satisfaction. So I then, then raised it with Lisa Ramsaran, who is Deputy Chief Prosecutor of the North London Homicide Team. She looked into it and told me the file had now been found. She put me back to um, Mohammed Salis, um, who is the Information Access Team. He come back to me and said, I can confirm it's lost. So I then went to Max Hill, who's Director of the Public Prosecution Office. And I said, you know, what is going on here? Your staff, are contradicting each other. It's not something I expected from an organisation like the Crown Prosecution Service. Um, then Lisa Ramsaran came back to me and said it was definitely found. I went back to Mohammed and he came back to me and he said, Julie, I'm really sorry. Thank you for your tenacity. Very polite now. Um, it turns out it wasn't one file missing. There was 14 boxes. So... Um, they, they was in the process of downloading. So that took months and months and months and months. I eventually got what they said was all the paperwork, which was a load of rubbish. They basically give us nothing. They really just give us the runaround, but they did come through in the end and they found these 49 boxes of marks when they thought there was only originally 10 or something. So they found another 39 boxes. They'd spelt his surname wrong and this is why it was missing. So in the meantime, with me and Mark putting a application with uh, the CCRC, the Criminal Cases Review Commission. They, we put it in, they reviewed it very quickly, came back and refused us. They said it was a final response, we couldn't respond. And when I looked at the, the response papers, they'd actually muddled myself and Mark's mum's application up because we're both Julie's. So, right. um, and, and they actually said in this review, that there was never any indication that Mark was involved in the murder via phone calls. So if Mark wasn't involved via phone calls and he's in jail and he had no visits from either codees, how did he do it telepathically? So what I did, because they wouldn't let me respond in the normal manner, what I did was raise a big complaint. I went in through the back door, I raised a big complaint, and in that complaint, I also raised the points that concerned me and I argued the points that they'd come back with, which I believe they'd answered incorrectly. They then come back to me and said that having reviewed it, they agreed that there were some things that need looking at, and they decided to give us a new caseworker and start a whole new review, uh, start again, you know, totally again. That was last May. They still have it now at the moment. We were supposed to get a possible response in February. But our caseworker has said now it's going to be a few more months. I will say that the caseworker we have now 
has been brilliant. He communicates with us, he liaises, you know, he listens to my points. He's very patient, you know, I fire a lot of stuff at him. So I, can't, I can only speak highly of the caseworker we have now. And I can also say that, you know, the CCRC get a lot of bad press, but some of it is the constraints put on them by the appeal court and the government, because, you know, the caseworker explained he had to tick boxes. And if he does, if he fails to tick just one of those boxes, he's not allowed to refer us back to the CCRC. So someone needs to look at this because they can't make it nigh on impossible. You know, there's, there's been several famous miscarriages of justices. There's been, you know, lots of people been released. You know, Raphael Rowe, Mick O'Brien, Kevin Lane. Um, so they're aware that there are genuine miscarriages of justice out there. So the government, the appeal court, whoever's putting these constraints on the CCRC need to make it a bit more accessible for people like Mark to be able to go to the appeal court. Sometimes, you know, the CCRC make decisions when you've got new evidence. And really, I don't feel it should be their decision. I feel like it should be the appeal court that decide if that evidence is enough. Because, you know, this is someone's life. It's not, I know to, to them it's a case, to the appeal court it's a case, but this is, you know, Mark's life. It's not just a case. It's a man's life. He's lost moments that he will never get back. He's missed out on moments, you know, having children, getting married, just living a life. He's been in there since he was in his early 20s. Um, and I just feel like there should be a fairer process for, for people like Mark to access the appeal call and, you know, try and get his case heard because there's not enough, at, you know, there's not enough, there's not enough help. There's not enough, the, the CCRC, the budgets have been cut every year. The caseworkers have been cut. And as I say, the constraints replaced on them make it difficult for them to do their job. It's, they're supposed to be an independent body set up. And to me, they're not that independent because they've got so many constraints on them. And that's really concerning. You know, because as you know, you, there are, you know, thousands of wrongfully convicted people. People have been let out all the time. So it's not a case of it very rarely happens. It's happened a lot. And especially, you know, years back, because I think there was more corrupt, well, I say more corrupt behaviour back then. There seems to be a lot of corrupt behaviour today. Um, but it was more covered up back then. People got away with it back then. Um, and also, you know, the Jogi case where they changed the law on um, joint enterprise, that should have automatically give some people the right to appeal, but it didn't. It's not actually, I think one, I think one case in Northern Ireland, I think it's the first landmark case since the Jogi case that's been referred back on the joint enterprise issue. And that's not good enough, that's disgusting. You know, what is going on? I just, I just feel like, you know, that. I don't know if they're scared to admit they've made a mistake. They're scared to uncover the corrupt, uncorruptness, what's gone on. I don't know what it is, why they're so scared to give these people a chance, to give these people, and it's their right, you know? You have to go so far as to take it to the Human Rights Court, but it takes six to seven years to get there, maybe longer, you know? Um, and I just think there's got to be a way, Some, someone needs to review this system because it's not working, it's failing. It's failing people and people's lives are being ruined and lost. And like I said, Mark's lost moments, he'll never get back. You know, there's things he can never do now that he could have done once. 
without the psychological effect it's had on Mark. You know, he suffers from anxiety, depression. Um, you know, he said to me, it's like being kidnapped and locked in a box. Um, and I just, you know, I admire Mark because Mark's has, Mark will always help anybody. He's always there for you. His smile, when I know how hard it is for him to smile. He's a genuinely lovely person. I just wish, you know, people judge, people think, well, he's been convicted, no smoke without fire, but they don't know the man behind the story. They only know what the newspapers tell them. And as we know, you know, sensationalism exists, corruptness exists. And I think people don't realise, you know, unless it happens to them, they don't realise that injustice happens and courts get it wrong and police get it wrong. They don't, they don't understand that. And I think it's a shame, you know, we've had, we've had people comment and go, well, if he was in jail, he can't have been a nice person. If he was, you know, he was in jail, he had a row with some dancers. But it was accepted in court that the, he never instigated that original crime. And years, years ago, Jack, as you yourself must know, years ago, you'd go out and bouncers were a little bit more heavy-handed than they are today because they could get away with it. You know, I got manhandled by bouncers back in the day. They did. So, you know, and, and men are going to react. He was Mark was in his 20s. He had a fight with a bouncer. You know, Mark hasn't got a long criminal record or anything. You know, police intelligence found no record of Mark dealing drugs, like, the you know, the newspapers called him a drug dealer and a gang leader. The police could find no intelligence to say Mark dealt drugs. Mark has never got had a criminal conviction for drugs. He's only ever had a criminal conviction for fighting, and that has been with Dorman. It's never been with the Joe public. So, you know, I think it's just, it's just concerning. And also, I would like to say as well, you know, I think these people that, that get out that have successfully got out after being wrongfully convicted and they, their cases are successful, I wish sometimes they would stop and remember what it is to be in there and remember what every little bit of support means and maybe try and help those that are still stuck where they was. You know, a five minute mention of a, a wrongful conviction case from somebody that's in the media that's been through the same thing as Mark could hold quite a little bit of weight. It could make a difference, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'd like to say to those that have got out, you know, please remember what it felt like. Please remember how, you know, how horrible it was, how, you know, how you, it was, it was a fight every day to just keep some hope going and try and help those that are still in your position, in their position. Because, you know, a lot of people, I'm not going to mention one, one person that's quite high in the media that's a wrongful conviction, promised me faithfully he was going to come back to me and he was going to help Mark. And I pass this on to Mark and he's never, ever come back to me. And I just think, you know, he, he of all people should know what that feels like for someone to promise and let you down when you're in that desperate situation. It's shocking. It, it's, it's disappointing. It's upsetting. It's demoralising for Mark. You know, he's already dealing with the, the demoralising situation, situation in prison because prison's there, not there to rehabilitate you. It's there to demoralise you. You know, they tell you when you can shower. They tell you when you can come out your cell. They tell you when you can go to the gym. They tell you when you can exercise. They make promises in the prison. And then, it, they, you know, Mark's, Mark's doing really well now. He's got two really good jobs, like responsible jobs. He was made violence reduction officer. He's doing so well in there. And they promise him things and then let him down. And it just demoralises him. 
I mean, Mark's got to the point now where he's realised and he doesn't react, you know. He stayed on the right path and he's going to stay on the right path, I believe, now. But to someone of a lesser strength of character, they could react to what they're doing to him in jail. And for people on the outside that have been in their position, wrongfully convicted, to know that desperation and to let people down in that is, is just is sad, you know. And I'll just say to those people, please remember what it felt like. And as I say, a mention of Mark's case or, 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 or Jason Moore's case or, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm helping a man as well, another, a man as well at the moment. Maybe we could talk about that another time, a John Climo, lovely man. Another case of joint enterprise, wrongful conviction, I believe. Um, five minutes mentioned in the media could so help these people. And I, as I say, anyone that's been wrongfully convicted that is now out and free, please take the time to consider these people. Maybe drop them an email or a letter saying you understand how they feel. Maybe mention them in the media. You know, try and try and try and try and help others. With, you know, because you know what it is. They know what it is to need that, Jack, better than anybody. And it annoys me sometimes that they make these promises and they let people down. And you know. To, they, Mark struggles anyway. So every time someone lets him down, it's like another, it's like a kick in the teeth. You know what I mean? It's like kicking someone that's already on the floor and just keep kicking them. And I just think, you know, people need to stop and think. So if any wrongfully convicted people that have been released out there, and there are some well-named names, if any of you would like to help Mark's case or mention Mark's case, or even just drop Mark a line to let him know you understand how he feels, I would ask you to do that because it will mean the world to him, as you were, as they well know, Jack. It would mean the world to him. Yeah, I mean, I do sort of sit sit there and think about what he must be going through. I, you know, quite often, yeah. it's it's got to be hard. I mean, I'm you know I'm doing a. Um, I'm doing a podcast with a few people uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, and Kevin Lane's one of them. Mm. Um, because I, um, I not only want to educate about mental health, but I want to find out firsthand. Um, and I want people to know firsthand what it's yeah. like to be accused of a murder you didn't commit and spend the vast amount of your life in prison for a murder you didn't commit and what that does to your family and what that does to you. I think it's important. Well, I'll give you an idea, Jack, and I hope Mark doesn't mind me saying this. I hope he doesn't. I'll give you an idea of what Mark's going through. We were sitting, we were sitting here one night on the phone chatting away as we do, and he said to me, Julie, do you think there's such thing as life after death? And I said, yeah, of course I did. I thought he was, you know, thinking of people he'd lost, you know, and I said, yeah, of course I do. I've been to Clairvoyance. I believe there's something. And and, he, and I thought that's why he wanted to know. And he said, do you know, if I knew for a fact there was life after death, I would go tomorrow. He said, not because I want to die, but because I would be free. He said, I've been, I feel like I've been kidnapped and shut in a box. And I just, I just want to be free. I've had enough now. I didn't do this, you know. Um, and... For someone, you know, I cried when he said that, Jack. For someone to say that, that tells you, I think that epitomises how these wrongfully convicted must feel more than anything, because 
You know, what a thing to say, Jack. What a thing to feel. You know, Mark said, I'm not suicidal. I'm not going to kill myself. But if I knew for a fact there was life after death, I would go. And, and as I say, to hear a man say that is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And as I say, I, I talk to Mark all the time. I'm, I've, I've got to not know Mark so well. And I have more respect for Mark than many people I've met because... As I said to you, Mark's got such a big heart and the strength, strength of character, you know, in, you know, to dealing with the demoralisation of the prison and the strength of character, you know, being locked up when he didn't do it is amazing, Jack. You know, I think, I mean, I, I wrote a thing on Facebook the other day. To me, Mark's an inspiration and a hero. He's not, you know, he's not a criminal. He's not scum of the earth like the government likes to portray criminals as where they treat them worse than animals you know no ventilations in their cells and things like that it's 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 disgusting and, you know and the people on the outside that don't know go oh prisoners shouldn't get this prisoners shouldn't get that why shouldn't they they're still people they've done wrong they've already had their freedom took away you know what i'm saying and they need to understand prison is full of lots and lots of people that did not do their crimes it's full of a lot of people that did but it's also full of a lot that didn't and there's no need to treat them like animals they're human beings um you know and and it, it's i just think it's sad i you know as i said i wish people could meet mark and understand what kind of person he is because maybe they wouldn't be so judgmental then because you'd meet mark and you instantly like him and as i said you his heart is so big and he cares. You know, he's there for me. If I'm having a bad day, he's still there for me, even though he's going through what he's going through. And, you know, I wish people could see that. And I wish people would, you know, understand, you know, that there's someone famous, I don't know it was who said it, prison is not full of bad people. It's full of good people that did bad things. But it's also full of people that did nothing at all, that have got caught up in corruptness or miscarriages of justice, you know? So I just think it's heartbreaking and I just I just I just wish there was more the government or there was more support other than the CCRC. The CCRC has snowed under. You know, what happens if the CCRC turn us down, Jack? We've got to try and judicial review this thing. You know, and then what happens? If not, we've got to go to the human rights court. But that all takes time. And Mark, the years are going on and on for Mark. His life's still getting lost, you know. It's, it's just it's just wrong. It's wrong. I don't I don't know what the answer is, Jack. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that I don't know a solution, but I know the current system is not working. And I know something needs to be done and something needs to be done soon. Yeah, it does. You know, what, I mean, what is it? 14 years is done now. 14 years. And you know, bear in mind he was already in there a couple before because he was already in there. So, you know, he was in his 20s, he's 40 now. Um, that's a 30-year minimum? Yes, 30-year minimum. So he can't even be considered for parole. You know, and to, to, for that to be like that and to be innocent, you know, we, we've, we've never said the other two are innocent. We've never, we've never, I mean, I... We've never fought for them. And, you know, I think to a degree they're probably taking some responsibility for what they did now. But um, 
You know, we've we've never said that we, you know, he's only Mark we're fighting for. And because Mark is the innocent party in this, Mark knew nothing. I mean, once if the CCRC turn us down, Jack, I can show you some of the new evidence I have, which will prove what I'm saying. Yeah. But I can't put it public until the CCRC have finished with it because it could damage the situation. So at the moment, I have to sit on it. So I can't say about the new stuff. And I've even got things I can show you and things you can listen to to prove yeah. some stuff. But I can't do that at the moment. No, and, and we will have a part four at, at yeah. some point. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to focus, put some of the focus anyway on on the content that I'm creating towards injustice. Um, because you know you've got you've got Mark and you've got other people that are, are in uh, under the Jengba, uh, which is barbaric. It's a barbaric sentence. Plus you've got something like three thousand people that are still in under the IPP sentencing. Um, you know, and, and and they got moderate terms like six months and they've served years. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they're not getting out because of the mental health, because the mental health suffers, they kick off, they get more time added, and they just, they, they don't get out. And there's just so much injustice. It's not just a few people, you no. know. If it's there's 300,000 people in there under IPP, or, um, you know, whatever it became, and then there's, Men like Mark in there. How, how many people are in there? For, you know, I don't know the figures. Well, I, know three, I know of three people that are in there with Mark that that uh, that are under joint enterprise. Again, the joint enterprise, joint enterprise is 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 a crime of the century. Joint enterprise is disgusting. You know, joint enterprise is aimed at the poor, the the ethnic minorities. You know, it, it's it's aimed at, it's aimed at that sort of you know, it's 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 it's, it's a prejudiced, racist, prejudiced. You know, on age, um, you, your your background, as in financial background, and you know your race and colour, and it's absolutely disgusting. You know, how can you go down for a murder when you did not commit that murder? The person that committed the murder should be down for the murder. How can you charge people that didn't do it for murder and put them away for murder? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense, you know. It's it's. Well, I think we're the only country in England that have something like this, where you, you know, ten people can go down for one person stabbing and killing somebody or shooting and killing somebody. I don't think other countries have a similar situation like England does. It's it's barbaric. It's 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 outdated. I mean, Jeng Jengba are running through the bill to try and get the substantiated injustice test removed. That would help people like Mark, et cetera, with the CCRC. They do an amazing job, Jenga, fighting for, you know, you know, they was involved in the Jogi situation. They're amazing, but it's so slow, Jack, and it's brick by brick by brick. And th these people haven't got this this time, you know, their lives are going by. Mark, you know, like I said to you, you know, Mark's 40 now. That's his life, his, his life's gone. You know, like a vast majority of his life's gone doing the normal things that me and you have done. You know, he never get a chance to do some of them things anymore. And it's just, you know, if he came out 
he's not going to be the same man he was when he went in. It's going to affect him, Jack. You know, it has affected him. He's on, you know, antidepressants, etc. It's just, you know, how do you get past? How do you get? It's like me taking you tomorrow and shutting you in a room and saying, "Well, Jack, you know, you did this. You got to stay in that room there for the rest of your life." You know, to be to be locked in jail is hard for anybody. You know, some people deserve it, but to be locked in a room, in a cell for something you didn't do, must just be horrific. It must just be, and no one's listening to you, and no one seems to be wanting to help you, and there's no avenues to go there, and it must just be, it must just be the worst thing in the world, Jack. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, of the, you know, few people that I have interviewed about it. You know, they've admitted to not being, you know, even though they've been like in prison for what what they're, uh, you know, for being accused of, of of a murder that they didn't commit, mm. that affects their behaviour and they were kicking off. Um, yes. And it was getting worse and worse, and you know, they kept kicking off um, because it affected their mental health so yeah. badly. Um, yeah. And for Mark to be in there. And not kick off. That, yeah. that must take some constraint and resilience. Yeah. Well, as I say, they made him violence reduction officer. He actually sort of um, uh, mentor. He actually stops things kicking off. You know, he talks to people. People got respect for him. Mark's respected in there like he was on the outside. You know. I mean, he, he, if you speak to anybody that knew Mark back in the day, they'll always say to you what a you know great person he was. And he's the same in there. He's, he's well-liked, you know. And when he first went in there, he did kick off. When he was first convicted for 30 years, he did kick off once or twice, not with prisoners, with, with the, the prison officers. But now, you know, he's totally turned... You know, he hasn't done that for probably 10 years. You know, his first early years, he, did, he was like that. Now, he just... He's trying so hard to improve himself. He's been to education. You know, he does art. He goes gym. He's got a couple of jobs in there now that he's responsible jobs and he's really trying to turn his life around and I think if he was given the chance Mark would actually make something of his life Mark's aim when he gets out is to talk to youngsters and and maybe you know that might be going down the wrong road because you know he understands what it's like to be young and, and maybe you know some of these people have difficult lives he understands that he wants to help the wrongfully convicted he doesn't want to come out and just you know, he wants to do something meaningful. And I believe Mark will as well, because he's that kind of person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, um, you know, we, we, we've discussed about um, a short book uh, about Mark's case. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I think that that would help. I do apologise, my computer's trying to run a um, diagnostic at the minute. No, I don't want that. Um, pop that on there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really think that we need to just educate at, at the minute and, and, and try and get people to just look at cases like Max. Um, you know, well, that's, and, I you, that's where I believe, like people like, and that's sorry, I don't mean this to to Kevin Lane or 
or Raphael Rowe, they're just two ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm not aiming anything at them. But that's where I think it's quite important that maybe they sort of advocate in some way and make people aware of how wrongful convictions happen and what it does to you. And, you know, as I say, maybe mention a few of the cases that are going on just to highlight them because we need to get it out there, Jack. We need to make people listen. We need to make the government listen. We need to make the CCRC listen. We need to make the appeal court listen. The police, I mean, God knows what's going on with the police at the minute, Jack. It's horrific. You know, years ago, we was told if ever you was in trouble, go to a policeman. The schools are now telling kids not to go to a policeman if they're on their own. You know, what, what kind of world are we living in? Um, but as I said to you, I don't think it's anything new. I think it's just highlighted today. I think there's always been that corruptness, unfortunately. You know, it's, all, it's always been like that. Um, you know, I believe the police acted incorrectly with Mark's case, you know. Um, I can't, as I say again, I can't say too much at the moment because of our CCRC application. But, you know, there's always been corruptness. It's not new. But uh, it, something's got to be done. Someone, some, you know, if everybody got together that, that maybe got, got out from their wrongful convictions, got together and created something, a charity or something that helps those that are still in the situation, helped highlight it, helped campaign to get things changed. It's the only way, we, you know, power in numbers, Jack. That's what they say, you know. Um, and this is such a difficult journey, and it's so hard. And even to get a solicitor, you know, I approached several solicitors with Mark's case. In the end, I took it on myself. I do it myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only in my second year of my law degree. But I just thought, you know, okay, because a lot of solicitors, they, they, they're so busy with so many cases, and they look at the skeleton evidence Right, can we get it on this? Can we? No, we can't get it on that. No, we can't help you. And I had, I've got a well-known solicitor now that advises me. And I went to him originally. He said, Julie, I can't help you. I've looked at Mark's case. I can't help you. So I kept digging, digging, digging. I started uncovering certain stuff. Um, and I went back to him and he said to me, Julie, we need more people like you. That's brilliant. And now he will advise me. He will answer the phone to me whenever he's ready to jump on this case if Mark gets referred. You know what I mean? He's showing an interest now, but before that night, no, they didn't want to know. And that's shocking as well, because who the hell is going to help these people? Who? Who, if the solicitors won't help, who the hell is going to help them? Not everybody can just get up and do it themselves, Jack, you know? Not everybody has, you know, either got the knowledge or they don't know anybody that can help them with it. I mean, me and, Jack, me and Mark have done a, his CCRC application ourselves. And you know, Mark knows his case like the back of his hand. I now know it really well. But, you know, it's shocking that we've had to do that ourselves, really. You know, it's shocking. And I just, I just somewhat, something, something out there has got to be done. And I think the most powerful people to be able to do this are those that have been where Mark is and are now released because they are proof. They are proof to the public that the police and the courts get it wrong. So they, 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 they are the best people to highlight what's going wrong. Because, the, the, like I say, the, the, their mistake, their admitted mistakes have been let out. So their mistakes that have been admitted, they prove it goes on. So, you know, I mean, Mick O'Brien, he, he helped highlight Mark's case. We may have a podcast soon with uh, Mark Williams-Thomas and NewsQuest. 
So they've promised us a podcast. So, and I've got a journalist, like quite a, a very, very good journalist that's looking to do something with Mark's case. He's just in the middle of something at the minute. So we get in places, but it's so slow, Jack, and it's so hard. And it's a world full of empty mm. promises and doors that just close in your face, you know? It's, it's a hard world to be in, fighting a miscarriage of justice, a hard world. People don't realise. And, and you have to deal with the negativity with, you know, people like, well, he must, you know, he, he must be bad. He was in jail. He must be this. And it says in the paper he did this and it says it, you know, wake up. Everything in the not everything in the paper is gospel, and like I said, I I do believe these wrongfully convicted people that have been released could be the biggest advocates to get things changed. And I'm hoping, you know, they may listen and and maybe get together and try and change yeah. things. Yeah, well, I will always keep highlighting it, and I always, you know, um, I often do other people's podcasts and stuff and speak, and I always. You know, um, tell them that you know when, when they're looking through my stuff. Um, if there's anybody that they want to uh, get on, um, let me know. And I do highlight Mark and, and you, uh, mm. and I try and get people to get you on their podcasts all around the world because I think it's important, not just here, yeah. but you know. Jack, you've been amazing to me and Mark. You, you was one of the first people to ever give us a voice. And you, you know, you have been consistent in your in your support, and you know we can't thank you enough for that because you know you've you've always you know had our corner, had our backs, and and supported us without fail, and you know we'll be forever grateful for that because you know it annoys me because if Mark got out, if Mark got referred to the appeal court, everybody will want to do a story, everybody will want to talk to him, you know. But it's now we need them. We need them now. We don't need them then. We need them now. You know, and, and, and I wish that these people would understand this is a man's life and he needs help. And no one seems to want to help, you know, apart from, you know, yourself and a, and a, and a couple of other people. Most of it, it's, it's such a battle, Jack. It's, it's soul-destroying for me and Mark sometimes, you know. I, I so, can imagine. So yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine it's not easy for his mum, Julie, either, you know. Um, exactly. She's got two boys in, in, in jail. All right, yeah. one of them, you know, you're not contesting his guilt, but... No. It's, it's still got to be heartbreaking. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because I'm a mum myself, Jack. You're a father. We know if it was our kids, how we would feel. You know, no matter what your kids do, you love them. That don't go away because they done, you know, like one of the sons. They don't go wrong because he did, did that, that. That love don't go away because he did something wrong, does it? You know, um, and but to have a, to also have a son in there that didn't do it and shouldn't be there is, um, you know, is more uh, probably upsetting for as well. You know, it's the whole family. The whole family are devastated. You know. It, it, it's not, it does have a knock-on effect. It's not just those that are there that affects the whole family, you know, because it's hard, especially, as I say, when you know one of them's definitely innocent. That's that's awful, you know, because it's like me or you, Jack, who's watching one of our kids or one of our nephews or nieces go through this, it's, it's awful. 
you know, because you can't, there's nothing you can do to help. And like I said to you, well, I'm praying the CCRC refer us. I'm praying they do. I believe this uh, caseworker will do the best job he can do. I do believe that. You know, but, you know, he's got tick boxes to tick. Do we then got, as I say, judicial review and, and, and human rights court? And I think, like, what if they fail? Has Mark got to spend the rest of his life in jail for something he didn't do? It's just... I, I, do you know what? It, it scares me. That fault scares me. I can't even think about that fault. I can't... I can't... I can't even think about that because I know how I would feel. God knows how Mark would feel, you know? I just... I, as I said to you, I don't know where he finds his strength from every day to get up and, mm. and, and be the person he is. And I think a lot of people could learn from Mark, which some people watching this would laugh at because they say, you know, he's in jail. But people, he could teach people a few things, as I say, because he's strength for character. The, the, you know, it's amazing to watch. And he's, as I say, he's there for others and he cares for others. And I think, you know, someone like him would come out and make something of his life. He wouldn't waste that chance, Jack, you know? It, it's just... They say, they say bad things happen to the, to, the night, to the best people, and I think in this case, it, 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 that's, that's the case with Mark, you know? Um, but as I say, he amazes me. I think he's... You know, if people knew him and, and, and got to know him and knew his story and see the way he is, you know, he's so respectful, I think... You know, I think they would say the same as I say. I think, you know, he would be an, he's an inspiration to me. I, 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 I've got the utmost respect for Mark. I can't, you know, like I say, I respect him far more than some people out here on the outside, you know. I just, yeah. I just wish this, I wish, just wish there was... I just wish I could make people, I wish there's something, you know, I said to his caseworker at one stage at the CCRC, the trouble is there's so little evidence against Mark in the first place, it's hard to pull it apart, Jack. And he said, unfortunately, that's the case in a lot of these joint enterprise. And I said, but should that be enough reason to keep a man in jail? Because there's so little evidence against him. You know, that's shocking. It's shocking. I just... I just don't know, Jack. Honestly, I don't. It just. I'm. I'm I want to get this CCRC result, but I'm absolutely dreading it at the same time. In case it's a no, and that's not. That's for Mark because that will break my heart for Mark. It will. It will devastate me for Mark. And you know what? Mark will still brush himself down and get back up and say, "Okay, okay. Well, where do we go next?" And obviously, I will do that with him. I will always fight for Mark and I will do whatever steps we need. But it's amazing that he, but I know inside it, you know, it's amazing he can do it, but I know inside it takes a little bit of him away to keep going through that, you know, to keep going through that. You know, to, just to maintain hope is probably a struggle for Mark, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean... What's it like for you? Because you, I mean, you know, you're. You, you say you know you're in, in, in your second year of, of, of law school. You mm. also work within the NHS as well, don't you? So yeah. Um, and, and that can't be easy on your mental health, on your physical health. And no, I mean, some you know, sometimes you know, 
I've seen stuff with anxiety and depression, Jack, sometimes. And, you know, I would say what's happening to Mark affects my mental health more than what I'm doing affecting my mental health. You know, just because, I'm, because I've become close to Mark and I, and I know Mark, it just, it breaks my heart to, to see him. And I'm, you know, to a degree, if the CCRC turn us down, I feel responsible because it's it's me that's put it in there for him. And I, and I just think like, I've let him down. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'll, I'll feel like I've let him down. And Mark says to me, don't be stupid. You've done more for me than most people. But it's just, I would feel like that because, you know, what am I going to, what are we going to do, Jack? You know, and it, it is hard, but my problems compared to Mark's are minuscule, you know? To, to what he's going through every day is minuscule because at least I've got my freedom, Jack. At least if I'm having a bad day, I can pop and see a friend and, you know, don't have a glass of wine and drown my sorrows or whatever. Mark can't. Mark's stuck in that situation. So whatever happens in my life is never as bad as what's happening in Mark's, you know. So if he can be strong, then I can be, you know. And as I said to him, I'll never give up fighting for him. And he knows I will never, ever ever give up fighting for him. I will never stop. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, Mark deserves to have someone do that for him. Mark deserves that. It's the least he deserves. Yeah, I mean, it's about dignity, um, respect, and just trying to give him some of that back. I mean, I've got so much respect for you. It is ridiculous. I, I, you know, I see you out there on, on Facebook and other things, just fighting every day to clear Mark's name. And yeah. many people with good intention that would have walked away by now because, you know, it's 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 getting nowhere. Yeah. Um, I'll never do that, Jack. I will fight to the death and I will, every knockback I'll get, I'll find another. To me, you know, a door closing is just looking for another one to open. I will never, ever get, you know, if I have to, I will chain myself to the Supreme Court at some point. You know, I will do something drastic to make someone listen at some point if I have to. You know, um, this got, to me, this is so wrong. And to me, good people, things always turn out right for good people. And when you're in the right, it should be put right. So my brain won't let me accept that somewhere along the way we won't find a way out. Mm. My brain won't let me accept that because that goes against everything I believe. I believe, you know, if you're a good person, as I say, and you're right and you do the right thing, eventually the truth will out, you know. Um, and, and as I said, I will never stop believing that, you know, never, never stop believing that. And I'm hoping it doesn't prove me wrong. I'm hoping somewhere along the way i believe somewhere along the way me and mark will get me and mark out like with me and mark will get mark out i believe um and i hope i'm not wrong i'm hoping that happens well I, i'm i'm with you 100 i'm with mark 100 you know I'll, I'll always um be there to fight his corner um along with other people uh, there are other cases that have um being asked to look into. Um, I never thought in a million years that 
I'd be doing anything like this, to be honest. Um, but it's tiring and it's difficult. Yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, we're chasing that. Yeah. All reward, and it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about uh, you know his mum Julie. It's, it's not even about his brother. Um, no. It, it's about Mark. Yes. It's, it's about you know the hundreds of thousands of other people that are in there for. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It is. It's, yeah. It is for anyone that's been wrongfully convicted. It, you know, if Mark's case is successful, it opens doors for others. You know, it gives others hope. It gives others. Um, you know, each time we hear someone's been released on a wrongful conviction, it gives us hope. So, you know, uh, yeah. You know, I'll, we will. Ne you know, I'll never ever stop fighting for Mark, and I, I hope. Mark never gets to the point where he says, Drew, I need to stop because, you know, we've got to keep fighting. We've got to, because if it's true what they say, you know, the truth always comes out and the good always win. And then we'll, then somewhere along the way, we'll be successful. You know, maybe Jengba with their work, if they get the substance, substantiated injustice tests removed, that will open a few more doors at the CCRC, make things a little bit easier. So there's yeah. always new things coming in that may, you know, change. And as I say, if other people that have been released after being wrongfully convicted, if they start campaigning for things to change, you know, they could be a power in, unto themselves with this. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I'd like to. And people like yourselves, Jack, that help get the story out, you know, we're forever indebted to people like yourselves because it's people like you that help 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 us find a voice. And that's what that's what the wrongfully convicted need, a voice. Because otherwise they feel like they've been forgot, locked away and forgot. And that is soul-destroying as just being locked up, you know. To know someone's there fighting your corner to somebody that's locked away for something they didn't do is, 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 is massive. Yeah, and it, for me, it's a clear calling, you know. Um, I, I was talking about this uh, with um, someone yesterday actually at church and uh, couldn't do what I do and, and they were asking me why why I do it um, and it, it is people from that church that have, have brought what we call prophecy to me and saying you know you, you're going to be a voice for or it's like a voice as, as an addict as a homeless person as prisoner as a you know mentally ill as a man um uh, you know as, as a gen xer as a person of a certain age it's it's you know it's, it's difficult all down the road aren't you? you know it's difficult to get your voice out there um yeah. and when i started this during um the uh, october lockdown in in 2020 um I said that I wanted to be the voice for those that don't have one because there are so many people out there and there's so much injustice, not just in prison. Um, and I really do have a heart for that, but um, it's so hard to get people to listen. I know, I know. Sometimes I do this and I think, you know, when I look and we only get a, a, even one person watching it, that is fantastic. 
Yeah, um, of course. I know what you're saying as well. Yeah. Sometimes you do get a bit discouraged. You look and you think. Am I actually doing the right thing? Because are people actually listening to me? Um, and why are people listening to me? And that self-doubt comes in. And it's just, you know, I, I won't you know what, Jack, ever give up. Person, like you, I won't ever give up. If one person listens, Jack, and you change their opinion or their point of view, or you make them understand something they didn't understand before, then that one person makes it worth it. Like I said, probably for yourself, same as for us, it's a slow process. It's a slow process building up your views and, and your followings. And But even, you get there, I'm hoping, you know, like I say, when you're good people, you get there eventually, you know. Um, I always believe if you're a good person, things always go right for you. I live by that. I've always told my kids that, you know. And I, I live by, you know, I think if you're a good person, things always go right in the end. And I think don't ever stop what, doing what you're doing, Jack, because, you know, um, like I said to you, you reach 20 people. If you only reach 20 people in a year, you're 20 people who you've changed their opinions and changed their point. And that 20 people could then discuss it with somebody and change another 20 people. And then that 20 people again, you know, so as a knock-on effect. So, it's, you know, it's just just keep going. You know, so like I said, this is a slow process. What we're doing, you know, me and Mark sometimes, we just think like, you know, I, I, sometimes I think, you know, it's it's hard. You know, it, it's you know you like you. I, I feel the same as you, Jack. Sometimes, you know, and you just you have to keep going because what's the alternative? What's the alternative? You know, leave them people to just not have a voice and not have any hope, and or keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I want to say if there's anyone out there that wants to. Um, get involved and um help out uh drop me a message uh, and I'll, I'll i'll push it on to uh, julie because you know there's there's a few people that are really pushing into it but we we, we still need help um i'm looking at getting jay from uh, uh Jengba to come on and and, and discuss some of the Sides that that she fights and um, mm. you know, what it's like on on that side, um, yeah. because I know she she she's got a heart for Mark's case and other cases as well. Um, yeah. They but, do a lot. Of, they fight legally, don't they? They do a lot of legal and and legislation battles, which you know the Joe public can't do. They tend to fight, you know, to get bills passed through and laws changed which is really important you know that that can that can make an immense difference and they do amazing work jack you know they do, yeah. do amazing work yeah. yeah um you know i i do think that i'd quite like to get you and a few other people on one of these um as well yeah uh, and discuss what what we can do um in the longer run. Um, yeah. We need to do something, Jack. We need to start campaigning to get a fairer system in place for these wrongfully convicted to enable them to at least have half a chance to get their conviction overturned. Now they've probably got a... Well, I'll give you some statistics that are on the CCRC website. So in 25 years, the CCRC have had 29,000 applications they have actually referred 850 to the appeal courts 
and only 650 were successful. That is in 25 years, Jack. That is what you're up against. That is the reality of it. And there needs to be a bit of a fairer system in place. You know, it's like just like putting you, it's like putting someone on the on the rapids on a waterfall without oars in a boat and saying, right, you know, survive that. You know, we've we've you know, they, they, they've got to give them half a chance. They've got to give them something where they've got half a chance to get their case heard. They haven't. It's impossible. It's, that, it's impossible. And it's not, you know, everyone slates the CCRC. I don't believe it's the CCRC's fault, though I do believe there are some dodgy, I probably shouldn't say it, there are some not so good caseworkers in there, shall we say. The one we're dealing with is absolutely brilliant. But, you know, I think some, I don't know if they're overworked or just believe that the guilty are guilty. But, there needs to be a better system in place. We need to find a way to give Mark and the other wrongful conviction cases a better way to fight it, a little bit more of a fairer opportunity. I think that probably it's, it's some of that and they're underfunded. Um, yeah, definitely. Their budget's cut every year. You know, so what, what can they do, really? They, um, I suppose that they have to prioritise yeah. um, and do what they can. But um... yeah, I mean, you need to understand, Jack, these people that are wrongfully convicted, why 13, 14 years into their sentence would they still be proclaiming their innocence if they wasn't innocent? You'd have given up and shut up by now. You might do it for the first year or two. Yeah, I didn't do it. 13 years down the line, they're still trying to fight. Hey, somebody, listen, there's something you don't, you wouldn't keep going. Why would you? you? You would have come to terms with being in jail after 13, 14 years. You'd come to terms with it all. So you wouldn't bother fighting unless you were genuinely innocent. You just wouldn't bother. It makes your life harder fighting because it's a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And like I said, you empty promises, doors shutting in your face. It's not a good ride to be on. It's not, there's nothing good about it. The only good thing that can come out of it is a good outcome, but 99% of the time there isn't a good outcome. No. But then think how many people are in there falsely accused that are not even fighting, they've just given up. Well, this, this John Climo that I said to you about that I'm, I'm helping, he's, he's not trying, he's not even had an appeal, Jack. He never even, he, he never even had an appeal when he got sentenced. Honestly, that case is something else. We'll have to talk about that one day. But that poor man, nobody's helped him. And um, I've just passed his case to Inside Justice, actually, um, and they're looking at it now um, because I believe that is definitely and definitely a wrong. Honestly, the stories I could tell you about that one, but um, and that's what I'm saying. But before that, no one was helping. No one was interested. No one was. Nothing was happening for the poor man. He was just rotting away in there. Do you know? And I just think, like, he's an ex-army man. He was in the army for eight years. Um, exemplary army record. You know, he's a, good, he's a good man. So, as I said, I, you know, we could talk about that maybe another time, but there's plenty of people like him that are, are in there. It's just too many, Jack. That's the sad thing. There's too many. Um, and as I say, when they're still saying they're innocent 13, 14 years down the line, you have to listen to that. Why would you bother all the years? Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's a few famous cases that you look at 
you know, I, I always hesitate to mention the, 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 the Essex boys cases, you know, and um, Steele and Holmes, I believe Holmes is, um, is out now, but, um, you know, always maintained his innocence throughout the whole of it, yeah. uh, you know, as, as did Steele, I believe, but he, you know, he's, he's still in there. Mm. Uh, but, you know, the cynic in me says, well, you know, are they keeping it up because they have to keep up, up the, the innocent or yeah, well, innocent I mean, they are? I but, mean, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have thought so, really, because like I said to you, there's nothing to gain from it. You know, anyone that proclaims their innocence, what do they get out of it, Jack? Because what do they get out of it? Because all they're doing is, is you know, they go public, people are slating them, people are saying terrible. There's nothing good that comes out of fighting your wrongful conviction. And let's say, unless you get it overturned, that's the only good thing that comes out of it. But the, the, the journey to get to that point is, is a nightmare, Jack. It's hell. You know, even the prisons, the prisons give you a hard time if you don't admit your guilt. You're less likely to get parole if you don't admit your guilt. So it doesn't, they don't achieve anything. I mean, I'm not saying everybody that proclaims their innocence are innocent because, you know, you probably do get the odd one here or there that will just, you know. But I'd say like the vast majority that have been doing it over a long period of time are doing it for a reason. Because I say there's nothing to gain from it. It actually stops their journey in the prison progressing, really, when they won't take responsibility for it. So I don't see what can be gained by it. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do agree, you know. I'm, like yeah. a, I'm a bit of a cynic at, at, at times. But, um, you know, there, there are people that I inherently believe in. Um, and there are some people in there that, you know, and there are some people that have got out that, that I, I, I still... I agree with you. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Jack. I know exactly where you're coming from. I totally agree with you. Yes, I do agree with you. Mm. I have my opinions on certain, you know, but that's an opinion. But then people have their opinion on Mark and they may think the same like I think about somebody else and yet I know 100% are wrong. So, you know, unless you know the every full detail of each individual case, you can't really have an opinion because... No. You know, you can't just go by where they were sentenced and the newspaper said this. Because I know with Mark's case, it's all a load of twaddle. And having all the papers in front of me and reading them all, I know 100%. If someone said to me tomorrow, Julie, stand up. If you think Mark's innocent, stand up. And if he's guilty, you would die. I would stand up. I would put my life on it because I know 100% Mark's innocent of this. I do. I wouldn't be fighting for him otherwise, Jack. You know. Yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. You know, yeah. I've got stuff that you sent me. It's all a bit. It's it's, yeah. it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. I'm not going to lie. It's heavy reading and long reading. Um, the statements from whatever his name was. Uh, conflicting and, and, and stuff like that. Um, mm. You know, I, I do believe that Mark is innocent. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've been, But you know me, I've been burnt a couple of times um, on here. I, 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 I always said that 
when I do a podcast, I like to hear it for the first time um, from the mouth yeah. of, of people, um, you know, the person that's involved in. And that's great to a certain extent. Yeah. It's gotten me into trouble a couple of times and it's gotten me burnt a couple of times. Um to where now I have to be careful about who I get yes. on here. Um, and, and, and if I do get people on, I have to look into it a bit more um, yeah. and learn a, a bit more about the case. Um, because I, you know, once bit and twice shy for me, really. Um, yeah, of course. Because it, you know... It, it opens up the floodgates to, um, you know, I like to think I'm a semi-okay journalist. And yeah, you are, yeah. You, you know, we are held accountable. You know, there are so many journalists out there that have no ethics or morals or you, you know uh, personally or professionally you know there's, there's a couple of books here um, you know your ethics um, essential law for journalism that yeah. are my professional bibles because we, we we've got to be so careful and you know I, I wouldn't be putting my face to this if I believe for one minute that might exactly, might be yeah. yeah exactly I wouldn't Jack I work in the NHS I'm a law student I would never I would the thing is I would never support anybody who's wrong because to me if you do something like that you deserve to rot in jail yeah so <laughs> I would never stand by somebody and I know 100% I know as I say I'd put my life on it that Mark's innocent you know, you know, and all you've seen the papers. He was in jail, for God's sake. You know, it takes more than one seven-minute phone call to arrange a murder. Come on. And as I said to you, the, 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 the codees are tried to get the victim there, you know, a few hours prior. And if they had, and, and it happened then, Mark had no contact with them whatsoever. He'd never been brought into this. So you can't say five hours earlier he'd have been innocent and then the next morning he's guilty. That's ridiculous. Yes. That's, that's what it amounts to, you know, because call records prove it. They prove it. They, the call records show them trying to get the victim to the murder scene. It shows the other two codees at the murder scene. It shows you them ringing him up. Even his girlfriend, I think, did say that they rung him and he said he was at a barbecue or something and couldn't go. It's common knowledge, yeah? But had he gone then and had it happened then, there is no way on this planet Mark could have been involved unless he did it telepath telepathically because, like I said to you, all the call logs show no contact between Mark and his codees mm. for a month before he just happened to ring the night before the murder. And the, the only reason he did, I think, is because someone had said they was going down the pub with the person that, that, that did the uh, shooting. They, they said they was going down the pub with this, this bloke and there was loads of them going down there. And, and what actually happened on that seven-minute call is Mark spoke to them and he was passed around the pub to speak to all his friends. Hmm. And I think um, the main witness actually said in one of his statements, they was just talking about girls and stuff. So he actually said that. He never, ever said, 
apart from that silly one first one minute thing when he made it up and said whatever, he never ever said he had heard Mark arranging anything. Never. So he would have heard that. He was two minutes away from him in his cell. And if he's such a conscientious witness, and he reckons he spoke to the police because he thought it was wrong what they did to the victim, then surely he would have gone to somebody and stopped it happening if he'd heard it was going to happen. Yes. Yeah, you know, he was two, two, two inches away from Mark at all times in that cell. He would have heard Mark do that. He, you know, like I said, if he was so conscientious that he, he went and reported it because he felt like it was wrong, then he, should, he would have reported that it was going to happen. So he, Mark did this, no, he, he's never even said in any of his police statements, I've read them all, he never ever said in any of them, I heard Mark arrange it in that phone call. They said, what was he talking about? He says, I don't know, girls and stuff, I wasn't really listening. Well, if you heard someone was talking arranging a murder, you would, your ears would prick up, Jack, you would hear that. So that mm -hmm. tells you in itself. If he didn't do it in that one seven minute call, he can't have done it at all because how could he? He never had a visit from Eva Cody. He never spoke to Eva Cody. So how can he be involved? He can't. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, all we can do is just keep doing stuff like this. And pray, pray, Jack. Pray. I know I've got a lot of Christians on my Facebook, yeah. uh, on my Twitter, on my um, on all my socials. Pray, please. Yeah. Um, even non-Christians, pray because praying, um, even though you might not know who you're praying to, it puts you in the right frame of mind. Yeah, um, send positive vibes. Me and Mark send positive vibes out to the universe every day. We do because we believe, like you put positive vibes out, positive positivity comes back. You know. Yeah. So, you know, it just helps you get through things. Then it having your funny little fireballs, it helps you, you know, find a way through this. We just try and find a way through it to keep Mark positive, you know, and even myself, I need to keep positive because as I say, it's such a hard battle, Jack. It's it's tiring, it's it's soul destroying, really. It is. Best word I can use to dis to, to describe it. Of course it is, but we'll you know, we'll we'll keep fighting. We'll arrange part four. Yes. Is this Thank part four or part three? Pardon? Part three, isn't it? This one. Um, we'll arrange another part. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. we can get Mark. Maybe we can get Mark in on the conversation and let Mark give his point of view, Jack. You know, because it is his life that we're discussing and his case. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll work out a way to get that done. Find a way. Yeah. We'll find a way to get that done. Um, yes. Can people write to Mark? Pardon? Can people write to Mark? Um, they, yeah, they can. They can. They can. They can uh, e do email prison. If anyone wants to contact him, if they contact either me or yourself first, yeah. I don't. I don't want to give his prison address out publicly because yep. Mark might not appreciate that, and I, mm -hmm. I can't do that without his permission. So yep. if they contact you or me first, and then we can sort out a way for them to contact. Mark, you know? Yes. Because uh, as I said to you, I don't want to give anything out I shouldn't give out. You know, one thing I'll give Mark is respect and I'll let him make any decisions regarding him because he doesn't get to make many decisions in his own life. No. You know? and, and that's 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 only right and that's only yeah. fair 
watching yeah. Mark, um, and we will arrange that um, pretty soon. Um, you know, because the the the, the audio that you played before um, that was heartbreaking to listen to. I know. You know, I've I've been speaking to Julie about taking that and then putting it into. Uh, I'm I'm going to start a. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to look into doing some uh, books aimed at uh, teenagers and uh, older um, teenagers um, that focus on things that are just outside of our periphery and miscarriages of justice uh, are one of those. Um, and I want to highlight Mark's case and some other cases in a book about that and I'm going to put you know I, I want to put Mark's words in there because I think it's important that he get his say you know at the end of the day we're here um, talking about Mark and we've done this several times before and no doubt we'll do it several times more um, but at the end of the day Mark should be uh, allowed to exactly. Um, exactly. speak on his own life and I think you know, as well no, I think as well Jack if he speaks it will make People will get a gist of what he's about, what kind of man he is, because you you get a lot from what Mark says, you know. When you speak to Mark, you get it, you know. And I think that will help as well, because I think people need to understand what a good man he is and how respectful he is and how kind he is. And, you know, that would be a struggle for Mark to do, because he's very anxious. But, um, I, you know, he's, I spoke to him if, if it, before I mentioned it to you to make sure he'd be happy. And I think he would. He said, as long as I was sort of on there, as long as I was around as well, he'd feel quite comfortable. So I do yeah. think that would be a good thing, you know, to give him a voice, Jack, because, like I said, we're discussing him. Um, of course. He wouldn't be live. Um, yeah. We would uh, arrange some way of getting to do that and, and being able to record that so you guys can listen to it in his voice because that audio listening to it you can hear the pain um it's there it's yes. undeniable um yes. yeah definitely uh, yeah hopefully, hopefully jack next time we speak i'll be telling you that the ccrc have referred us to the appeal court and Mark may be coming home. Let's 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 just hope, you know. Let's just hope yeah. that's the case. Yeah, and we'll pray into that. And you know, uh, you keep me posted anyway. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep people posted on here yeah. as well. Um, and, and and let's get this out to you know out to the maximum. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I say, the next time that um, we'll be together is when you when you speak about what's happened with, with that part of the case. Yes, definitely. I've got some interesting stuff for you to see and hear if they turn us down, let me tell you. So see what people make of that. But as I say, at the moment, I can't release that at the moment. So, but listen, Jack, thanks ever so much for all what you've done for me and Mark so far and what you continue to do. It means a world to Mark and to me to have someone on our side, you know, giving us the voice. It's, it's, it's my absolute pleasure. Um, I'm going to end this, guys. Um, just just a, a, a slightly shorter one today. But um, we will get Julie back, to, like I say, to speak about that case at a later date. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. I do see that there are some questions and people have been in the comments, so I will look through them. Um, 
yeah, a lot of comments. Um, and we'll okay. uh, see what we can do. Um, thank you, guys. And I shall see you again next week with Lee Mayo. Cheers, guys.